Today, we are continuing our series on boundaries. How many of you are enjoying this series? This is a, this is a good series. Absolutely. And so if you're here with us for the very first day, you might say, boundaries? Well, what is a boundary and what are all these fences? Well, let me share with you what a boundary is. Let's go to the slide, please. Thank you. Just as homeowners set physical properties, property lines around their land, we need to set mental, physical, and emotional and spiritual boundaries. Isn't that great that we're at church and we're not just talking spiritual, we're talking mental, we're talking physical, we're talking emotional and spiritual boundaries for our lives to help us distinguish, and here's the key, a boundary is going to help us distinguish what is my responsibility and what is not my responsibility. So when we're talking about building these property lines in our life, they're not cruel, They're not unkind. They're not unspiritual or selfish. No, I am simply communicating to myself with Jesus that this is my responsibility and this is not my responsibility. But what happens when we do not have property lines, when we don't have boundaries, it actually means we have blurred property lines. So when I don't have clear boundaries in my life, I have blurred property lines. What do you mean? Well, how inconvenient would it be if I didn't know where my yard ended and my neighbors began? Who would be responsible for the weeds? Who would be responsible for the overgrown trees? And and I I mean, we live with an HOA and sometimes I like that HOA and sometimes I don't and I don't when I get letters, right? (laughs) However, but they're blurred and so they're confusing. And so what we wanna do with this collection of talks is we wanna eliminate the confusion in our lives. We wanna be able to draw some clear things because if we have blurred property lines, this is what we see. I have a hard time. That, that, that's not your glasses, friends. That, that's on purpose. But we have a hard time seeing what is me and what is not me. We also have a hard time seeing what is my responsibility and what is not my responsibility. So if you're in here today and you're like, I, I can relate to that. I have a hard time. Maybe some of you are thinking about work right now. Oh, I did something that was not my responsibility. Why did I take that project? Why did I allow them to give me that project? That's a blurred property line. Or maybe you're thinking about with your family or your friends, regardless of what you're thinking about, we all deal with boundary problems. We all struggle. In fact, I wanna show you some people in the Bible who struggled with boundaries. Let's talk about Abram and Sarah. You're like, who are those people? That's Abraham and Sarah before the Lord changed their name. Now, Abram and Sarah, they were traveling back in Genesis chapter 12. And they were heading to Egypt because there was a famine in the land, which meant there's no water, crops are dying, food is scarce. So they head to Egypt. But Abram knew how beautiful his wife was. And so in a conversation before they arrived in Egypt, he said, if anyone asks you who you are, you are my sister, you are not my wife. Because I'm afraid if they see how beautiful you are, they are going to want to kill me and take you. And so they arrive in Egypt, and of course, Pharaoh sees her, and she is drop-dead gorgeous. See, some of you guys are like, isn't Sarah the old lady who had a baby? This woman was gorgeous, you guys. Don't just pay attention to one part of her story. She's a stunner. And so they get there, and Pharaoh says, oh my goodness, she's gorgeous. Who is she? Well, she's my sister. And he takes her. That's a blurred property line, friends. That's a blurred boundary. And why do I say it's a blurred boundary? Because identity was blurred in that. That's that's my wife. That's my, my husband. And that boundary was not clearly stated. 
And so what ends up happening is this sickness and disease comes on Pharaoh's people. And he's like, whoa, what's wrong? That's not your sister. That's your wife. Because God had a boundary line. God had a boundary line that I placed a promise in Abraham and Sarah that my blessing is going to flow through them and he is going to be the father of many nations, which means he and his wife are going to birth this promise, which means nobody else is birthing something up in Sarah. And so that was a clear boundary line. Some of y'all just got that. Welcome to church. So God drew the boundary line when Abram would not. Now fast forward to Genesis chapter 20. We're talking 25 years later, and she's still known as beautiful. I'm like, Jesus, give me some Sarah anointing, right? Not the Botox, I want Sarah. <laughs> so 25 years later, they're now with King Abimelech. And King Abimelech is, is ruling in this area, and Abraham now says the same thing. His name has changed, but hear me, his struggle with boundaries has not changed. 25 years. Some of you are sitting in this room, and you're still struggling with the same boundaries that you struggled with five years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, because the root of his issue was fear. If they know that she's my wife, they're going to kill me. And so what did he do? He told this king that this is my sister. This is not my wife. And so God speaks to this king in a dream. He said, you touch her and you are dead. No joke. Read your Bible, Genesis chapter 20. You take her and I will kill you. Why? because there was a promise. There was a promise and identity that God was protecting, although his people were not protecting. So King Abimelech goes, what the heck? Abraham, are you trying to set me up to die? And he's like, well, I'm sorry. And he gets released and Sarah is unscathed. Boundary struggles, friends. Let's talk about Rebecca and Isaac. Isaac is Abraham's child. Friends, as a parent, if you model no boundaries, your children will pick up on no boundaries. Because now we have Isaac and his wife is also beautiful. And he doesn't want to be killed because of the price of his wife's beauty. And so he tells her, say you're my sister to the same king. I'm like, okay, come on, king. Could we, could we learn some lessons here, people? Like, let's work on our memories. Eat your blueberries, right? And so when, and yeah, yeah, it helps. I eat them every day. So now here's Isaac and his wife, Rebecca. And really, the sins of boundaries of the father was passed down to the son. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the sins of Lindsay to be passed down to Levi. I don't want the generations that I grew up and that I was exposed to. My son does not have to live, walk, or sit in that. I want us to get better. Amen? Amen. What about David and Bathsheba? David had some blurred property lines. It tells us in, Je- or in 2 Samuel chapter 11 that David, it was a time of war where kings were called to war. David was the king. But now we have a blurred line of responsibility because instead of David going off to war, David sent Joab. So Joab took David's responsibility and went to war. And one day David's taking a nap and he wakes up and he goes onto his rooftop and there is a beautiful woman bathing on her rooftop where David can see her. Now, let me share this because I was studying this out and I got really, really frustrated, friends, because we're about to talk about some ownership. As I was studying the story of David and Bathsheba from commentators, one commentator tried to say Bathsheba knew she was gorgeous. 
And she knew that she had a body to die for. And so when she would go up on that, on that platform, she was just waiting for a king to see her because she knew how she, beautiful she was. Let me tell you something, friends. Let me tell you. If a pornography website ad shoots up on our screens, right? It's your job to click it, right? Or not click it. It's your responsibility to click it or not click it, not that ad. So as Bathsheba is bathing on top of a rooftop as someone else's wife that he knew about, she belonged to herself and she was in a marriage. She did not belong to David. And yet David crossed a property line, crossed a boundary and went and took a woman. So why do I say all that? Because in our day and age, we don't have to go up on rooftops and sneak to see people in inappropriate places. We see it anywhere at any time. But you are responsible for you. You are. We can't blame it on the attraction or the personality or, or, or the, 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 maybe the handouts or the offers from another person. You are 100% responsible for you. I am 100% responsible for me. Amen? Amen. So now let's talk about how to, right? Let's go to the how to's of boundaries. Now that we know who didn't do it, Let's talk about, well, how do we do it? Because hear me, if they struggled thousands of years ago, can you imagine how greater our struggle is today with how everything is available to us? In moments, instant gratification is within our grasp. And so let's talk about the how-tos of boundaries. I want to encourage you. If you have a pen, take notes. Science shows that if you write it down, you're going to remember it better. If you need to take out your phone and snap some pictures, snap some pictures. Because if we get this, friends, if we understand this, if we begin to practice it and apply it in our lives, I promise you this is going to be a game changer. Can you say game changer? Game changer. Game changer. And I want you to want it for you. I can't want it for you. You got to want it for yourself. So let's talk about the how-tos of boundaries. How do I create? How do I communicate? And come on, somebody, how do I keep boundaries? How do I create communicate and keep boundaries. Let's talk about create. How do I create boundaries? How do I create boundaries? Creating boundaries begins with questions. Okay, we don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out how to create a boundary. We have to start with asking questions like, what is me? What is me? I can tell you, I am Lindsay. I, this year in 2022, I celebrate 20 years of walking with Jesus. It's a big deal. 20 years ago, I said yes to Jesus being the Lord of my life, and I haven't wavered since. And so I say that because what is me? I'm Lindsay. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a woman of God. I ain't perfect, but I do repentance. I, I, I love him. I strive to be like him. I want to honor him in my speech, in my attitude. What is Lindsay? I'm Jeremy's wife. You're welcome. No. <laughs> I'm, Jer I'm grateful for him. I really am. I am, but I'm, I'm a married woman. I'm a married woman who chose to partner my life with a man of God. And so these define, these, these, these help me identify who I am. So not only what am I, but what am I responsible for? What am I responsible for? And here's where we really struggle with boundaries. We really struggle with boundaries because we don't know what we're responsible for and what we're not responsible for. We, we tend to put ourselves into situations maybe that we had no responsibility in. And yet we've inserted ourselves because that is how we've been taught to do. So what am I responsible for? Let me show you. We are expected 
to deal with our own feelings, our own attitudes and behaviors, as well as the responsibilities that God has given to each one of us, even though it takes effort. And this is my, my, my prayer for us today, that we would channel our efforts, not trying to fix others, but to take responsibility for ourselves. That instead of trying to make sure everybody's doing things the way that we think they should be done, let me take responsibility for what I have control over. Let me take responsibility for what the Lord has given me. Let me ask this, what do you value? What do you value? I value being a mom. I value pastoring this church. I value pastoring. I value my call of God that I don't want to end my ministry career because of something stupid. I measure the cost of my decisions, my thoughts, my actions, because friends, I want to make it to the end where God says, well done, good and faithful servant. You didn't screw this up. <laughs> you know? I, want, I want to be there. What do you value? If you could think about that for a moment, what do you value? Do, do you value your time? Do you value your resources? Do you value Jesus? Do you, do you value your church family? Do you value freedom? What do you value? Let me show you what is within your area of responsibility. So if we were to put you in a circle, right? This is what you have control over. You have control over your behaviors. You are in control of your behavior. I'm in control of my behavior. We're in control and responsible for our attitudes and our beliefs, our choices, right? He doesn't make me do something unless I'm, I'm at gunpoint, right? If it's my choice, it's my choice. It's my action. Values, feelings, resources, gifts, thoughts, love, desires, hear me, limits. We're responsible for our limits. I know how much I can take on. And I usually learn that from trial and error because I took too much on. But we're responsible for our limits. If you are wondering, how do I create boundaries? Start there. Start there. What am I responsible for? What is bothering me? Where do I have these blurred property lines in my life? And what can I do about it? Let's start there. Do you know that budget, if you value your finances, budget's a boundary for your money. It's telling your money where you can and cannot go, right? What it is and what it's not. For, as a Christ follower, can I tell you tithing is a boundary for my finances and my heart? That's an amazing boundary that the Lord has given me the opportunity to take into my life. And it, it, it protects my finances and my heart. It does. I, I love this. Now, let me tell you where we get tripped up when it comes to creating these boundaries. We really get tripped up here. If you are in this room, and you have ever given an external yes, but it was an internal no? Can you raise your hand? Because I've done that, right? What do you mean by that, Pastor Lindsay? I mean that inside, you didn't want to do it. But outside, for whatever reason, maybe it was obligation. Maybe it was, I'm afraid they won't ask me again in the future. And so this really doesn't work out for me. In fact, my yes to you is going to be a no to something else. But I'm going to say yes, even though my insides are screaming no. Right? It could be a power trip that someone puts on us and we cave under the power and the pressure. For some of us, when we were looking at that, that circle of choices, right? And you're saying, but someone's pressuring me. I'm sorry for that. And I'm sorry that there are cruel, narcissistic people in our world that, that use power to mask insecurity. But I'm saying, what if we could be a body of Christ that says, no devil, not today. 
right? Jesus called Peter Satan. <laughs> Just saying. We can call things as if it's good or if it's evil, if it's right or if it's wrong. And this is my life. I'm going to protect what God has given me. I think it is such a joy and honor and privilege that God ordained it, that Jesus would live, do ministry, healing, amazing things, be our salvation on the cross, right? Die, rise from the dead, take back the, the keys from Satan, like literally obliviate the power of sin and death, ascend to the Father where he is in heaven right now, sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you and I. So he is praying for you minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day so you can make it. But that's not even what blows my mind. What blows my mind is that he didn't choose some temple or some kingdom to place his presence in to make his home. He chose imperfect people who say yes to the name of Jesus and he makes his home in our hearts. And so all boundaries are doing, it's protecting. It's protecting me and it's protecting the Jesus that lives in me that I am called, I am set apart. I'm not better than anybody else, but I'm better off because of Jesus. And everybody else has that same opportunity, amen? Amen. So if you have been struggling with giving external yeses, but your internal is a no, do you know it just nullifies, it takes it out. Like it erases it. So those of us who feel obligated to do something and we think we're gonna get rewarded when our, our heart doesn't even wanna do it, guys, that axes it. It's your motivation. Instead, okay, so look at this. Instead of creating a boundary to advocate my no, I'm complying with a false yes and I end up resentful. And we're getting mad at other people. And I have done this. Oh, I'm so guilty of this. Where I give you a yes, but I meant a no. And now I'm mad, but it's too hard to be mad at me. So I'm going to be mad at you because you made me say yes. Anybody? Yeah, you're laughing because you get it. You've done it too. Me too. Right? But isn't that true? All my audience, isn't that true? We give a yes, but it's really a no. We are Jesus, his Holy Spirit's our advocate, but you are your next best advocate. You are. And so let's start creating boundaries to protect us. So that's how to create a boundary. You guys good with that? Think you can go home and do some homework? Awesome. Let's talk about how to communicate boundaries. Now here, this is the hard part, right? I can do it, but now I got to explain it. Like I, I, can, I can create a boundary, but now you want me to go to my boss or my coworker or my family and, and actually say and describe this property line? I don't know if I can do that. Well, let's start small. How do I communicate a boundary? Safeguard your spaces. Somebody needs to take a picture of that. Safeguard your spaces. What does that mean? Let me show you some easy ways that you can communicate a boundary, not verbally, but physically. I can tell you that my home in the evenings is a safeguarded space. You won't reach me most nights by my phone. There's one day a week, I Sabbath with my family. You won't reach me on that one day a week that I am Sabbathing and resting in the Lord and enjoying life together because those are safeguarded spaces that I've created in my life. What about your calendar? Do you know that Jeremy and I, we will calendar dates with one another. And so when we get a phone call that says, are you available at this date and time? We can say, I'm so sorry, I have something on my calendar. Because what we do, our motivations make us wonder, well, what's more important? Pastor Jeremy explained that when we give a yes to something, we're saying no to something else. 
But if I already have it in my calendar, that's already safeguarded my space to have the quality time with my spouse that I needed. I even do that with my son. Hear me, friends. Somebody needs to hear this. I do it for me. Me time, right? Why do we take personal days when we're just ugh, exhausted and we're going to get the worst of ourselves and all we want to do is binge eat and binge TV and lay down? Why don't you have a me day when you're feeling good about you? Don't just wait to, to get sick or exhausted. Calendar some personal time. What else? Let's go to the next one. Limit digital access. I want to ask a question. I need you to be so brave in this room. Is there anyone in this room that has never held a landline phone? You've never held a, a phone with a cord in it. Anybody? Oh, I got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a couple. That's awesome. That's awesome. You guys, cheer for them. Cheer for them. Now, let me tell you people in the room why, why life's hard. Because our phones go everywhere with us. There used to be a time where you had to catch me when I was by the phone. And was I close enough to run to get the phone? But right now, because it is mobile and it fits in my pocket, people have the expectation that they can reach me anywhere at any time. I saw you scrolling on Facebook. You commented on Instagram. I know you're by your phone. Limit your digital access. Yeah. We've created boundaries in our household. There are no phones at the dinner table. We even have a technology-free day, free evening once a week, because we need to get in the habit of my life does not, is not chained to my mobile equipment, and digital access needs to be limited. All right, so now you know how to do it without words. Can I teach you how to communicate a boundary with a word? Okay, let's do it. We got to use I statements. Again, this is, this is a responsibility thing. We got to use I statements. Because if I make statements that start with you, I am putting my, my, my responsibility on you instead of owning it myself. So I statements are going to go like this. I feel this when this happens because and what I need is. And some are like, Lindsay, that, that's a longer conversation than I have with my spouse all week long, right? Like, I, I don't have time. But, but take a picture of that. Take a picture of that. I remember in 2020, 2020 was a struggle, you guys. I went from working and, and being full-time to all things that I love doing and using my gifts and my talents and my strengths to now having all of that plus being a homeschool mom, right? Because the world shut down. And I was at home with not only a third grader, but I was home with a toddler and it was insane. And I found myself getting frustrated can I tell you that feelings don't dictate you, but feelings are indicators that something's wrong. And so I'm just getting heated. I'm at home not having conversations with anybody but myself, but I'm just waiting for Jeremy to come in that front door because I've been having conversations with him all day, right? I'm mad. And I had to put it into perspective because it's not his fault. It's not his fault that I am experiencing the conversations with him that he is not present for. But I was able to communicate. What I thought was, I thought I was feeling overwhelmed with being home with two kids, with balancing my, my, my church responsibilities that I love and my calling that I didn't feel I could step fully in. It was just a hot mess. But I realized that I, I feel lonely when I'm home alone with the kids all day because I miss partnering with you. Do you realize that we met in ministry? We met, I was an intern. He was interviewing. We met at that table. We've been in ministry together our entire 
marriage. And for the first time in our lives, we were not working side by side. I was lonely. And what I need is quality time with you. Now, I didn't have to break something to communicate that. I didn't have to hulk out. I didn't have to cuss or swear. I didn't even have to cry. Although it probably would have felt really, really good, and that would have been a great alternative. (laughs) It's cleansing. But I was able to say that. And then now, when I communicated my need, it's an honor and a privilege to meet that need because this is a safe relationship, right? Healthy people can support healthy people, okay? And so we had that conversation and we made a plan and we shared the time with the little people. (laughs) Let's go to the next one. I wanna tell you about someone in the Bible who communicated his, his boundaries. We know about Joseph. Joseph was thrown into a pit by his brothers. They were jealous and he was honestly a little bit cocky. He gets sold into slavery to a man named Potiphar who purchases him as his servant. And yet God has such a gift and a calling on his life for leadership that he quickly rises to the ranks in Potiphar's house. Now I love it. And it says, now Joseph was well-built and handsome. The Bible's gonna tell you who's good looking and who's not good looking. Do you know how the Bible described Jesus as plain? Not real noticeable, but Joseph's like super good looking, okay? And so after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph. So this is Potiphar's wife, and she notices his good looks. And she says to him, come to bed with me. But he refused. And this is where he verbally communicates. Boundaries are what? Who am I? What am I? And what am I responsible for? So don't go over complicating boundaries. We don't have to. It's who am I? What am I? Right? And what am I responsible for? He said, with me in charge. He's saying, I'm a leader here. Who I am is I'm responsible. Who I am is I am trusted. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. So he's saying, girlfriend, look around. This is my responsibility. This is what I've been entrusted with. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. Next. No one is greater in this house than I am. He is in charge. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. So he's clearly laying a boundary. He's saying everything on this property I have access to. Everything in this property, I I don't only have access to it. I dictate it. I lead it. I guide it. I make it flourish. I manage it. Come on. I am responsible. God is blessing you with the leadership. But you are his wife, and that is why I don't have access to you. So he is clearly laying a boundary. I am not your husband. It's who I am. I'm not it. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Can I tell you that this is the difference between a good person and a Christ follower? That's the difference. A good person would say, I'm not cheating on my wife, or I'm not going to cheat with my boss's wife. But a Christ follower will say, I can't do this. Number one, it's not good. But number two, the most important one really is number one, is I'm not going to sin against God. My father in heaven, who set me apart, who is Lord of my life, who, who I, I model after and I love and I want to be holy. And though she spoke to Joseph, y'all, some people just ain't going to respect your boundaries. She spoke to him day after day, but he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. So he's now limiting physical space. Now, if you know this story, girl was gutsy and went after him. 
and he had to run. Some of you need to run from some temptations right now. You need to run from people who are not respecting your boundaries. You've placed the fence up. You've communicated until you are blue in the face, but we cannot expect unhealthy people to do healthy things. Why do I do that? We know in the church, we always say, we can't expect sinners to act like saints. And I was a sinner before I was a saint. I know how we act, right? But why do we expect unhealthy people to act healthy? It's not a fair expectation of them. But me being healthy, I put down my boundary. I may have to do a little bit more. I may need to run. I may need to call the police. Some of y'all need to call HR. You're being harassed. Call HR. Do not worry what people think about you. He did not care about his character being in question. He did the right thing. My God will sustain you. In good time, he will elevate you. And your character is up to him to expand your territory. And so trust the Lord. Do not take shortcuts because you're giving other people power. Place the power in the Lord's hands and say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. Amen? Amen. Because hear me. Your boundary is your voice. Your boundary is your voice. This helps equip you and protect you. All right, so now that we know how to create boundaries and how to communicate them, how in the world do I keep them? (laughs) All right, how do I commit to this? Well, let me share with you some little things. Boundaries have consequences. They have consequences. Let's start small. Levi, my 10-year-old, has a chore that he has to do almost every single day. And that is, Levi is responsible for unloading the dishwasher. It's his job. He knows that when he comes home from school and there's a little green light on that dishwasher, that's his responsibility to unload the whole thing. But there's a consequence if Levi chooses. And if I, I remind him, Levi, dishwasher. But I no longer remind him three, four, or five times. I don't do it. If he does not unload that dishwasher, he knows that he will lose video game time that day. No dishwasher means no video game privileges for that afternoon. But here's the deal. If I were to step in his place and just say, oh, I've asked him four times. It's getting so frustrating. And I don't want to deal with this anymore. It would take me less time to just unload the dishwasher than to go upstairs and keep asking him. And it's not worth the fight. But hear me, friends, when boundaries don't have consequences, they are just preferences. So what I'm communicating to my son is I prefer it. I would prefer it if you would unload the dishwasher. But it's just a preference to me, so I put the power back in him. No. Boundaries are simply preferences if they do not have consequences. So you've got to decide what those consequences are. Now, hear me, friends. I am not, some of y'all are like, oh my God, I've been living a boundaryless life. And you are sitting in your seat, and that seat is hot right now because you are getting mad. I'm not asking you to go home and hulk out on your family. I'm not asking you to go home and be Oprah Winfrey. You get a boundary, you get a boundary, you get a boundary, right? I'm not asking you to do that. God is so good in that he gave us Jesus, but he also gave us his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's our helper. He is wisdom. Wisdom is the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you, if you are here and you are feeling hot, there's a reason why you're feeling hot. Because you're realizing that your boundaries have been have been neglected. And people have been infringing on areas that they should not be infringing on. And you are mad at them. You're frustrated with yourself. And I get that. But I'm asking you to take a deep breath and go home and talk to Jesus. 
Get a notebook. I'm serious. I stop being passive. I'm giving you power, you guys. I'm giving you control because you don't need to go be a hot mess and now become sergeant mean person at your house. Go talk to the Lord and say, where do we start? What am I? What am I responsible for? Where can I draw these boundaries to protect what I value? Do that. And then use I statements and say as a family, we're going to work. And then when your child gives you a boundary, respect their boundary. I kid you not, my kid gave me a boundary yesterday. And I, 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 I honored his boundary. I wrote him a list, a good page long, of all the chores that I wanted him to do while I was here setting up the church. And at the end, I put, don't call me and argue with me about these or complain. You can call me to say good morning. I'll see you when I get home. Well, that little kid woke up before I got to get out the door and put that thing on the bathroom door, right? So now I'm here with the list and he just woke up. So I'm like, hey, here's your list. And I didn't prep Levi for that list. And some of y'all, don't, you don't have to prep your kids, right? You're like, just, just tell your kids what to do. But Levi came to me, he goes, mom, I have been looking forward to Saturday morning. And I know I told you I'd clean my room two weeks ago. I didn't, I'll still do that. But all these other things, is there another time, mom, that I could do these? Because I, I really, it's like, he's like, I had a boundary up for, for what I wanted my Saturday morning to be. Guys, I met him in the middle. I met him in the middle because he was respectful. I met him in the middle because we've been working on not losing our cool when we get frustrated, but actually talking about why I'm upset. You can get angry, but don't disrespect me. That's a boundary for this mom. And, and he was able to do that. So I honored him and I let him have that morning. But guess what? It's Sunday afternoon. He was doing laundry this afternoon. <laughs> Levi Bosma. Let me show you, I'm closing, I'm closing this, this talk up with this scripture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, when we were writing, or when we, when we didn't write Psalm 126, excuse me. When we read Psalm 126 next, last month as our verse, this is the time when they were captured. So this is before Psalm 126 was written. And these guys, these, these children of God were taken from the children of Israel, from their hometown, the promised land, and they're brought into captivity in Babylon. And what the king of Babylon was doing is was he was imposing his beliefs on the children of Israel. And what the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar had done is he had made, he had made a beautiful golden idol statue. And the law went out into the land that when you hear this music, whether it's a flute or this or that, when you hear that music, you need to get down on your knees and you need to bow and worship that golden idol. But here's the problem. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a property line. They had a boundary that they would only love, serve, worship, honor, obey, follow after Jehovah, their God. And they would never bow to an idol. That was a boundary in their life. But see, the king had a boundary too. King Nebuchadnezzar said, if anyone does not bow at that time that they hear the music, they will be thrown into a fiery furnace. They didn't communicate preferences. I would prefer if you would bow down and worship my golden statue. He said, no, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. So the day comes when the, the statue is erected and it's standing up and everybody's around and do, 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 right? That's probably not how it sounded, but that's in my, my version. Do, 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 do. And everybody gets down on their knees except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're brought before the king and it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Can I tell you, there are things that you do not have to say to validate yourself. 
There are things that you do not have to explain to people. Sometimes we feel like we have to bear our souls so someone will agree or comply. You don't respect yourselves, friends. Respect yourself. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to king, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, hear me, this is where they're accepting consequences. It's my preference, God, that I don't die in a furnace. I prefer not to burn, Lord. But even if you don't rescue me, my boundary is clear, concise, created, communicated, and I'm keeping it. Now, I only worship you. And he says, your majesty, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. The king got so upset that he heated up that furnace so many times hotter than it was supposed to be. It was so hot that it killed the guard outside the furnace. And yet we know in scripture that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire. And in that fire, not only were there the the images of those three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these young Hebrew men, but there was a fourth. And we believe with all of our heart that that is God Almighty. That when we get put into predicaments because of our faith, that we do not stand alone, but that our God is with you. God is with us. But we have to be willing to say, boundaries have consequences. For me, if someone were to ask me, I need you to steal this money or you lose your job. Well, looking for a new job. That's a boundary. I'm not gonna cross. I'm not gonna do things for a boss that wants to pressure me into keeping my position. That's a boundary. I'm worth more than that. And I can and will find employment elsewhere with better benefits. Come on, Jesus. He'll watch out for me. I believe it. Even if it doesn't happen right away, my God will redeem that. And so no one has to keep us where we don't want to be kept. But this is what I I wanna encourage us to do. I had said that we can't expect unhealthy people to do healthy things. Well, it's hard to keep your boundaries when you're the only one with boundaries. So surround yourselves with supportive relationships. People who respect boundaries are gonna respect your boundaries. People who put up their own boundaries, and remember, they're not mean. They're gonna respect what you're doing in your life and they're gonna support you. So we say, don't do life alone. Maybe you need to get in a small group. Maybe it's probably so. Strongly, strongly believe that we need friendships in the faith. We need like-minded men and women to come alongside of us If you're a teenager, you need like-minded teens to come alongside of you because lines out there are all kind of blurred and we need people to support us. If you're a man in this room, I get the struggle with trying to communicate boundaries, lay down boundaries, respect boundaries. I, I get all of these things. Maybe you need to go to men's breakfast. And you need to get connected with some other men of God in this room that I encourage you, encourage you that you can do this. How do we keep boundaries? We practice, we practice, we practice, we practice. We fail, we get back up again and we practice and we practice and we keep doing it until it becomes nature to us, until it becomes natural to us. Hear me, you are worthy. See, Jeremy, now you might be wondering, why are we talking? I'm gonna come back here with you, Tom. Why are we talking boundaries? This sounds, this sounds really mental health. What, what, what's this? Well, we showed you biblically why this is important, but let me tell you why this is something that Jeremy and I are so passionate about. 
because we want you holy and healthy. Amen. We look at you as not just someone who is a spiritual being, because I know people who can pray all day, but they are struggling emotionally and mentally and physically. They are crippled. I don't want you to be a strong person in one area of your life. I want you to be growing in all areas of your life because I believe in the mighty name of Jesus that when we get holier, when we get healthier, we are actually taking back what the enemy has wanted to steal from us. When we say in our families that we do boundaries and we teach our children not to repeat the sins of their fathers and mothers, when we say no, come on, to drugs, when we say no to substance abuse, when we say no to stepping out on our spouses, and we say absolutely not, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Sorry, you're not married. You're not sharing a bed in my home anymore. There's nothing wrong with that. As I get holier, what I end up doing is I begin moving my gate further and further out. And hear me, this isn't to protect me, I'm actually building the kingdom. When I start living holy and healthier, I am expanding my territory and I am pushing back the gates of hell and I am standing on what is holy ground. So right now, some of you are not living on holy ground. If you were to go into your house, maybe you would say, it's not holy ground. But as for me and my house today, I can decide that where I place my foot, Jesus is placing his foot with me. And my home is now declared and decreed holy, holy, holy. And then as my husband gets it and my wife gets it, as my roommate understands it, as my kids get it, we start to step forward and we are literally launching an assault on hell saying that this is no longer your territory, devil. This is the kingdom of God. That is what we've been called to. We haven't been called to just safeguard our houses and stand behind our gates safe and secure. I've been called to really grow the kingdom of God, to increase the influence and in his territory as I say yes to Jesus and more and more people who get holy and healthy pick up fences and we push back against what the enemy is doing. Guys, what a privilege, what a privilege. It's worth it, it's worth it. It's so, so worth it. Will you stand with me please today? So worth it. Woo. That was heavy, I need to work out because <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I wanna end with this. There's some questions, right? We don't wanna just have a great Sunday and forget what we learned. I want you to go home and consider these things. I want you even right now in the presence of God as we're gonna worship with one more song. I want you to ask yourself and ask the Lord, do I need to create boundaries? You'll know it because there's a little Holy Spirit conviction in there that says, I got more for you. I've got better for you. So let's create a boundary. Do I need to communicate my boundaries? I believe that the Lord will give you strength and the right words to communicate those boundaries. And do I need to commit to keeping my boundaries? Some of us have fallen down in our boundaries and we've tried, but we feel defeated. Do not be embarrassed or ashamed. The righteous get back up seven times. Come on, we get back up again. And so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pray over you. And I want us to give the next 60 seconds to the Lord in worship and surrender. And we're gonna commit to doing something on this list. Amen, are you with me? Are you with me? Would you raise your hands to heaven? Dear Jesus, we love you so much. 
And we're so grateful for who you are. And I thank you that Philippians chapter one, verse six says that you are committed to us, Jesus, that we are a work in progress and you will complete the work that you have started in us. So there is no one here that is unworthy of a work of Christ in their life. So Jesus, help us to see right now what we need to commit to. Do we need to create boundaries, communicate boundaries, keep boundaries, show us what you want us to do. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship for the next 60 seconds. collection of talks and many of us we're going and myself included is we're going like I need some boundaries and I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to every single one of us what areas we need to define this is me and this is you and that's okay that's healthy but for many of us in this room maybe you walked in and Maybe someone dragged you here. Maybe you saw us online. and Maybe you've been attending and checking some things out. And maybe you're in a state or a moment or a season in your life where you're saying, I'm ready to set some boundaries. But not only just boundaries of, of this and that, but also boundaries of who I am in Christ. Because I'm telling you, if we set boundaries without Jesus, they'll become walls. And if you're here in this room today, I would love to help you just to lead you in a prayer. Because there's good people, right? 
but then there's people who are living in darkness. And Jesus takes us from good or in the dark into the light, makes us holy, makes us healthy. Now, can I tell you, that's a journey. Every journey, it has to start, it has to begin. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, will you lead me in a prayer? Will you help me to start my spiritual journey of being holy, of being healthy? If that's you today, just raise a hand. Just put it up. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just stick it up. Yeah, I see your hand. Anyone else? Just put a hand up. Yep, yep. Anyone else? Yep. I'm proud of you. Anyone else? Yes, yes. Anyone else? Come on. Yes, I see that hand. That's, that's awesome. So let's all pray this prayer together. Come on. Can we give a hand clap real quick? Because that's a lot of courage, a lot of boldness. And man, let's pray a prayer together. Lift your voice, because how many know we don't do this alone? Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross for me. Say thank you for paying for my sins. So I repent of my sins. Be Lord of my life. Help me to set boundaries. Help me to know who I am. Say the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. I'm holy. I'm healthy. Saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, give God a shout today.